Learning to speak Farsi while collaborating with around 50 musicians on several original tracks has taken up much of the last three years for Wellingtonian Christine White. She's called it The Raven Project, six songs in digital and vinyl format, accompanied by three music videos. The first is called Raven, and the second, released late last month, is Taken. Christine's third and final music video in The Raven Project, Starless Skies, will be released later this week. Her main collaborator in the music has been the internationally respected New Zealand composer John Pasathis, and along with the music videos, she's going to be publishing a book of her haiku-style poetry in English and Farsi. I asked her first about her childhood musical influences. I come from a musical family, so on my mum's father's uh, side, his mother was a cabaret singer. Um, Yeah... She kind of wandered around the country way back in the day, kind of left her family and would travel around singing. And my grandmother's family, extended family, did a lot of singing together, way out of family, you know, reunions. My mum uh, and consequently us became involved in the in the church, and of course that's always quite music and arts driven. I wouldn't say what you're doing is world music, but certainly you have influences when I'm listening to your music of all these different yeah. aspects of, of music. When did that start to happen for yeah, you? Yeah, so... Um, I think I've always been drawn to particularly sort of Middle Eastern sound music, but um, you know, my life's in the last few years I've become involved with learning Farsi and and working with John Sartha, so he's firmly entrenched in world music. Yeah, and I guess musically I've just always been drawn to lots of different things, so it's quite hard to kind of integrate it all. Um, you know, I did a degree at uh, university in sonic art, so that's a whole other. Uh, world, mind-opening really, because you spend the first year listening to pieces that you can't identify what the sounds are. I spent the first year going, well, is this music and how is this music and what's making that sound? We're so used to identifying, oh, that's a clarinet, that's a guitar, you know, and it becomes very sort of two-dimensional, our understanding. But if you're suddenly faced with composition that involves sound and you don't know what the sound is or where it's coming from, you have to kind of broaden yourself to what's the sound trying to say how's it interacting with other sounds you know and I loved that and actually I came through through that experience actually almost wondering what the point of writing a song was so that was sort of the flip side of of learning um, or exposing myself to sonic arts because suddenly what I was doing singing a song with a guitar felt quite two-dimensional sound wise you know like you're playing an instrument and then you're slapping a voice over the top of it so I had to kind of reconcile that and I was always trying to deconstruct songs you know pull them apart so they weren't songs and but I get a sense I mean I guess one thing from that is all these many layers that you have through your collaborations of your music right yeah I think I'm still learning you know like um, you know having come from the um, Pentecostal that was the time when I was discovering music, so it kind of got wielded into a mechanism for disseminating truth, information, telling people things. And so there is this sort of sense where sometimes I want my music has an urgency to it. I've always been drawn to that really dynamic music. I mean, music that grabs you but also grabs your mind. Like, you, you can't just sort of sit and have it in the background. I'm drawn to music. Not elevated music. To take, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's trying to take you somewhere. 
And you do, I mean, the, the fact that you're such a collaborator. I mean, where was I reading? Something like 50 musicians oh, project, have been involved yeah. with the Raven yeah, project. I, I mean, really that's opening lucky. yourself up too with collaboration. It is. Uh, this feels like it's been a big learning curve about collaboration. And it's not, in, and in one sense, it's not really raw collaboration because I still brought the material and then brought the people in. So I've, st- and because I've, you know, I've been the only thing that's been constant across the many you know, the book, the videos, the music, it's been a different kind of collaboration. They bring themselves to it, you know, and and accidents happen and that forms part of it as well. So, yeah. I want to go back to the Farsi. So this was a COVID project, wasn't it? What, why <laughs> why Farsi and, and what what's it? I mean, I, I couldn't say a word of, of Farsi. I must so know as a language. Hello, it's very nice to meet you. <laughs> it's, it's actually really beautiful. It's a beautiful language. Wow. Um, Historic. Huh? Yeah, I've not considered myself a, a language learner through my life. I've tried, I'm um, Ngaitahu, and I've had attempts with Māori, and and funnily enough, learning Farsi, I think, is going to bring me back round to Māori. So Farsi came about because, well, there were a few steps, really. There was... Um, the March 15 shootings in Christchurch had a huge effect on me. You know, it had an effect on everyone, but for me it became prolonged. And then I ended up going to Australia and looking after three children as a single parent on behalf of my niece and nephew and while well, they went to Mexico. So I was single-handedly raising three children for 10 days, locked my clothes in the washing machine, was doing the quintessential kind of mother things like dropping them at school, going to the um, this beautiful cove area, looking at the beach, having a coffee, just gathering myself, oh, I've got to go and tidy the house and do this all again. You know, all of that. Yeah, and my niece-in-law's from Iran, um, so that was a factor. And then when I came back to New Zealand, and so that the first song of this project, Raven, was written around that trip, really. I mean, pretty much everything that happens in the song. So it's it's got... Um, I became fascinated with The Crow, uh, then COVID, and um, I went nightclubbing there. And But um, when I came back, yeah, well, because of the lockdown, it was, you know, everyone seemed to be wanting to learn language, and I thought, oh, it's a good thing to do. And I'd always been fascinated by languages that have other script or look different in the written form. The Middle East is foreign to me, not just foreign as in a foreign country, literally foreign. You know, I think of it in a very limited way and I wanted to challenge that, I think. So it's been an amazing experience because now I speak daily with friends in Iran and my world opened up in a time when the whole world was locking down. I felt like I was travelling, you know, just uh, meeting people, learning about their way, their life. And my friends are vibrant, intelligent, doctors, statisticians, one's doing a PhD in laser technology. And so, yeah, my life's been affected by knowing them. Like, my world is open. Learning language is hard. It's really hard. It is really hard. Take a few steps forward and a few steps back. (laughs) And and now it's into your music. And I guess I should take a step back, really, with the Raven Project. Mm. What was your hope for it? What was the the plan? Taken was the oldest song on the project. I wrote it eight years ago. And when I wrote it, I wrote it on guitar, and it was quite an intricate writing process. And I could just tell that I, I... I'd always dreamed that it would be interpreted like with an orchestral, like the Billie Holiday and the orchestral backing. And um, when it came to COVID, I was ha- I've was i developed a friendship with John Sather so many years. He's an amazing person. He's an amazing human being. And a huge collaborator, of course. And, you know. He's, yeah, astonishing. And 
we talked during the lockdown and I, for the first time ever, I said to him, you know, one day I hope to do something with you. And he just said, well, why don't we do something? And so then I, Taken came to mind, it's like, wow, if someone could, you know, orchestrate that. And And what's uh, the story you're telling in Taken? Taken was um, written at a time when I'd just gotten into a relationship, so it was sort of like a falling in love song. It It was certainly a song I didn't intend to say anything. It just was a song that evolved. It took me a long time to write. The funny thing is it sort of almost comes across as a breakup song and, and maybe important of things that were to come. Of oh, that boxing analogy, you know, boxing yeah, analogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've always been fascinated with boxing <laughs> and it ended up coming through to the video, which is great. But one of the themes of my life has been this sense that we come together with people and we and then we get separated from them. But we come together, then pivot away. And I, I spent a lot of my life having this sense of pivoting away from something or my home, you know, home life moving away and I was quite estranged from my birth father from after the age of seven when my parents split up and there's just this sort of constant feeling in life of trying to get back somewhere and of you know not being able to control that when you're together with someone and when when it pivots away so um that's kind of what became the the theme for Taken and then Raven the song Raven was written right going into lockdown and Starless Rivers the song that's about to come out was written during the lockdown they all I chose so John and I talked about this project we said well we'll do three songs orchestrated and I ended up choosing three songs that had birds and reference to birds in them it's amazing how one decision has such broad ramifications and the song Raven little you know it starts off with the line I may never see you breathe again little was I to know that in a month's time there was a global thing about breathing and, you know. The pandemic, yeah. Yeah, and there's a line, um, on Farsi, it's Sia Uzibar, Dad Hale Padavaz, so black and beautiful in flight. And that became, for me, about Black Lives Matter, the killing of George, you know, that happened. So the the content of the material just kept moving for me. I mean, this is ambitious because you've got the tracks and then you've got, I think, digital and vinyl, and Mm. then you've got the videos that we referenced before, and then you're also going to have a a book of haiku-style poetry. Yeah. In English and Farsi. Ah, there you go. (laughs) So so that's really quite, feels like it's quite organic. It was organic because initially the initial project was just the three songs with John collaborating on arrangement. It was a big learning curve for me. I arranged Raven with his sort of mentoring and cheerleading in the background. He arranged Taken, and together we arranged Starless Rivers. But I got to the end of it and thought, well, I just put this, these songs out. But I knew the context for my life. They were so much more. And learning Farsi, it just felt like it would do it better justice to bring... You know, I told myself at the start of 2020, I set myself the task of trying to write a haiku-style poem every day of the year. Little did I know what that year would bring. You know, and often, you know, we set ourselves tasks that require continuity, and and it's very hard to keep them up. Even writing a small poem that um, references your day is um, a challenge. But I tell you, I could look back on a day in a poem and it would you know, generate all the memories and... Kind of like a diary in the feel, in a Yeah, it's form, an emotional, right? yeah, visual diary. I've done a version of Raven and Farsi and it turned out to be a whole other piece of music because I thought I can't put two songs of the same backing, you know, on a vinyl. 
What's it like to sing in Farsi? That's interesting to me when you learn a language. And, and just to remind you, this is just in the last few years. Yeah. As a language, what it's like? It sounds beautiful. What's it like to sing? Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's challenging in some ways. There's some sounds in Farsi that, <laughs> that are quite hard. Um, one is um, the ch, chub. So very good. Chub. It's a lovely sound, actually. And that's not so hard as the other one, which is <laughs> it's uh, written as G-H, but it's like a ka in the back of the throat. So, um, coffee, and so <laughs> that's kind of tricky to sing. But what the, the amazing thing is learning a language through your own material and the interactions with my friends. So, the book I decided to have translated into Farsi, and we started that process. And then, um, the killing of Masamini. That really changed a few things with the project, one being that I could no longer talk as easily with my Iranian friends. Um, the video that's about to come out for Starless Rivers, I decided a long time ago, a year ago, to incorporate people from in different parts of the world. So Hannah Weiner Baker uh, is featuring. Um, from Germany, all the yeah, way from. Yeah, Germany, yeah. and two friends from Iran. So, of course, that that was impacted because one of them, the, she decided to do her filming once the revolutions had started, she kind of, she said, okay, I know what I'm going to film, and went out. So I had sort of a little brief for them. It was a journeying kind of thing. And she shot footage. She was doing it at a train station, and um, and her and her cameraman got stopped by security, and they said, you know, you're being watched. There's security cameras around here. Whatever you've filmed, you need to delete right now. Yeah, and I got a tearful message from her the next morning just saying, I can't live my life. Why Why can't I even do such a simple thing? It's personal to me, my friends in Iran being affected, and I'm like, just stop, just don't do any more. <laughs> you know? But they saved one piece of footage. So I've got one piece of footage. But, yeah, it's like the project has helped me through. It's It's brought me to a personal place with people on the other side of the world who, you know, now I want to speak out for them more because they, they, as soon as that happened, you know, they would send messages like, you know, just say her name, Masa Amini. You know, just keep it alive out there in the world. And I, I understand, you know, it make, means so much more to me now. Christine White, The Complete Raven Project will be available online from Thursday while the vinyl versions and the book of poetry will come out in mid-December.